Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 14th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter or step is the stories and or preface and forwards. And our speaker is Lindsay W. And Lindsay, I'm not sure if I asked how you wanted your time. I did not confirm that. I'm sorry. Um, can I get... Um at five minutes, at 15 minutes, and then a one minute warning. Okay, Okay, excellent. All right, take it away, thanks. All right, thank you, Lisa. Hello, I'm Lindsay and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be here tonight. Um, it's really funny because when I was like, oh, the preface and the forwards, what? And then like, I started reading through them and I was like, gosh, there's like amazing stuff in here. So I'm excited. Um, it's been really good to read through them again and, um, just to kind of, yeah, like see, I was actually talking to somebody right before this. Um, and it was like, his comment was that like the preface and the forewords show us like the progression of recovery, you know, and then like we start reading the book and it shows us the progression of the disease, but, like the preface and the forwards show us this like miracle and the progression of recovery. So, um, I thought that that was a really cool way to look at it and I'm not taking credit for it because it was his idea, but it was, it, I thought it was a really great way to, to see this. So, um, so I am going to share pictures in just, in just one quick second, just to, um, you know, to share what it was like and where the depths to which this disease took me, but, um, just starting, starting in the preface itself, um, just the, actually the, the last paragraph of the preface, you know, um, it says that, um, you know, basically all changes in the big book have, have been made to reach more alcoholics. And then, um, you know, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, you know, yes, that happened to me. Yes. I felt like that. Yes. I believe this program can work for me too. And so that is, um, that's what I feel like my purpose is just in the next, you know, 20 minutes to, um, you know, for anyone who's here that needs to identify, right. And, and say like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Um, you know, I felt like that I, and most importantly, like, I believe this program can work for me too, you know, because I remember, um, when I went to meetings and, um, years before I was ready to put the food down and really do, do any of the work, you know, I saw some of you in those meetings, right. Um, and saw your eyes and saw that, like that you understood me and that you understood the depths and the, the hell and the pain I was in and that this worked for you. And that gave me hope that sustained me over many years until, um, you know, I got the, the gift um, which I really do believe it is a gift of willingness, um, to, to, to put the food down and, and work the steps. So, um, all right. So I'll, I'll share my pictures. Um, let's see here. getting better at this. I'm sure hope everyone's happy to know that because it's been a struggle. Okay. So these are, um, the, the photos that show, um, you know, what, um, maybe at my, my heaviest, right. So, so I'm five foot three and, um, at my highest weight in the program, it was, um, about 350 pounds. 
Um, you know, I could, I could not walk very easily. Um, my legs, you can kind of see this, but like the bottom of my legs, like they were all like red and splotchy. And like, at the end of the day, I would have to put my feet up, you know, and I was like in my thirties, like, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really, I was just really miserable. Um, I was, I was completely hopeless and, um, and as you can see, like here on the right side, like I'm a huge sports fan. And so it was a big deal to take my nephew to a Houston Texans game, you know, and it was like, I could barely enjoy myself because I was like, I mean, just to walk up to the stadium and then to walk the ramp in the stadium. I mean, it was like torture, but, um, you know, I wanted to try and give him something he would enjoy. Um, okay. Then here is, um, here are my, my current ish photos. Actually, these are probably about six months old, but whatever. Um, so on the left-hand side, this is me and my sister, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday. So this year I celebrated my 40th birthday. And then like nine days later, I celebrated, um, one year of, um, recovery. So it was a really exciting month, um, March. And then, um, on the right-hand side, um, you'll see some people you probably recognize from these rooms. And, you know, this is sort of part of what we'll be talking about in the, in the forwards, but, um, you know, I have made my best friends currently in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And I've only been here for a little over Five two minutes. years. Thank you. Um, and so I have been given so many gifts, just the gifts of friendship, the gifts of being known, being loved, um, having people that are willing to fly across the country to celebrate my birthday with me. That's incredibly special. And I'm really grateful for it. Um, and then here are a couple of just like side by side. So as I told you, I'm a really big sports fan. So on the very left-hand side, this is at the world series. Okay. Like the world series of baseball. We're like on the first baseline, maybe like 10 rows up. I mean, this is like once in a lifetime type of experience. And, and you can kind of see, but like, I, I couldn't fit myself into this whole frame here, but like I was spilling over the seat. I was so miserable. I couldn't even enjoy, you know, something that I really love and I'm passionate about. And then here next to it is me and my great friends and program and my sponsor at a baseball game. Right. And it was so much fun. And it was really cool just to see like the difference in the experience. And then, um, this is like my new headshot, um, for, for work. And it's not really about the like weight loss. It's about like my eyes, you know, and like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm joyous. I'm free. And those are not just like cheesy words in the big book. Like it's really, it's really my experience and my life is not perfect, which you will hear more about, but like, wow, you know, the light, the light has turned on the promises did come true for me, right? Like this program worked for me. Um, and then finally, this is just like, again, just kind of a progression. It's the same event. So like the same charity event a few years ago, last summer, and then this summer. So I just like to show those sometimes. Cause it's like, wow. I mean the same event, you know, and, and just look at like, it's just a, it's a freaking miracle, you know? I mean, that's just really, there is nothing less than that. I mean, I, I sometimes don't even really believe it because I never thought it could happen for me. Like I was sure it couldn't happen for me because I mean, I was too broken. I was too sick. I was too far gone. Right. And so then when we go to, um, the forward to the first edition, so, you know, um, cause we've recovered 
from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And um, I've shared about this before. I'm kind of, I get a little weird around the, around the word recovered because for me, it was a source of like pride and um, sort of like inauthenticity to call myself recovered. So I was like, well, if I'm recovered, I have to act this way. I have to talk this way. I have to present myself in a certain way as a recovered person. But the truth is, this tells me that like, I can recover and I have, I have recovered from what was a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I was entirely hopeless. I wanted to die. Um, there were, there were, um, a couple of nights where I didn't feel safe being alone in my own apartment. Um, I lived by myself and, um, you know, I just, I knew about overeaters anonymous, but like, I couldn't stop eating. So that was the point at which like, the food wasn't working. Like I couldn't live with the food and I couldn't live without the food. It's like the food wasn't really working anymore. I didn't know what else to do. And so like, I didn't feel safe. I was worried I might harm myself. So I went to stay with a friend. I asked my mom to come stay with me. Like I was in a really, you know, a hopeless state of mind and you saw the hopeless state of body. And so, um, I have recovered from that. And um, when I was reading through the book with my sponsor, we talked about like, what have I recovered as a result of this program? And so I've recovered, um, well, I've recovered like a healthy body, which again is a miracle. I've recovered um, for today. I've recovered connection. Um, I've recovered connection with myself and with a power greater than myself that I do choose to call God. And I'm very, no one's more surprised than me that I actually say the word God multiple times on a daily basis or even once, right? Once a day. I mean, that's a shock to me, right? But I've, I've recovered a connection with God and I've recovered. I am continuing to recover all of those things, but like continuing to recover connection with others, you know, with people that I'm looking at right now, like people I love dearly and, um, and I wasn't able to connect before. So I've recovered those things, you know, relationships. Um, I've recovered like a right sizedness. And again, this is all a process. This is progress, not perfection. I want to be really clear on that. It's not like, and done stamp onto the next. It's like, no, every freaking day, you know, I work at this, but, um, those things I have recovered. And, um, and then another thing, on this first page of the forge, the first edition is like, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And, um, it's just such a good reminder for me, for myself, that I'm a very sick person that, you know, that, that the people in, in these rooms that were all very sick people, because I don't know about you, but I am so wildly imperfect and, so are a lot of people in these rooms. And I love pointing that out, right? Like I can get so dang critical that I'm just like, holy cow, you know? And like, it's like, we're all sick people, aren't we? You know? And like my sponsees are very sick people. Like, and, and, and so I just ask for, for more compassion for myself. I have to be reminded of that a lot. God, please increase my compassion for myself and for other people. Um, and then let's see here. Um, and then I think, you know, something that 
it's just about being helpful. I mean, I, I see the word helpful so much, you know, and it's just like, that's why we're here. I mean, to be helpful in these rooms with each other. And then also just in life in general, you know, like in my, in my job, um, you know, when I'm, I'm in a leadership role and, um, and it's, you know, I'm really working on just before any meeting that I have, whether it's with someone who reports into me or not, just my prayers, like, God, show me how I can be helpful in this meeting. Even if it's a meeting with like the CEO and the CFO or something, um, which by the way, I have a lot of resentment toward both of them right now. Um, you know, but it's like, how can I be helpful to them? Truly? Like, that's why I'm here to be a maximum service to God and the people about me. And so I just see that, um, that a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, um, so then we go on to, um, the forward to the second edition and, um, you know, it's just, it says a wholesale miracle has taken place. And, um, I think miracle is a word that like, I don't know, I hear thrown around a lot. I throw it around a lot, right? Like it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. But like the truth is there's really no other way to describe what has, what happened here in the story, right? Like how the fellowship just like blew up. And also there's no other way to like explain how, you know, someone who was in a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body now, like actually has a life, you know? And like, it's funny. Cause I never say, Oh, I got my life back. This program gave me my life back because I didn't have one in the first place. I really didn't. I didn't have a life to get back. Like I had pretty much nothing. Like it was just, it had gotten really dark and really small. And I don't, I don't want that back, you know? So it's like this program gave me a life and that's nothing that is nothing short of a miracle. Um, and then Okay. So um, on XVI, which is the second, the second page of the, the forward to the second edition, um, you know, it talks about, okay, moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. I'm like, well, no wonder I stayed away for years because that sounds horrible, right? I mean, that sounds awful. Like I don't want to do any of those things, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I got, like, I got, I got that desperate and by the way it works, right? Like it freaking works. And that's like, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point of all of this, right. Is that it's like not a minute sooner, um, than I'm like on my, on my knees and so desperate that I, I don't have any other options, um, short of like, like ending my life. Um, like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Um, and that's really how it was for me. You know, I mean, I, um, I'm a person, I actually had, um, an eviction notice on my door. I was in my thirties, had a good job. I know that's, that's kind of surprising given the story, but like, I spent all my money on food. I mean, I spent more than all my money on food and I was, I was getting, um, insufficient funds fees after insufficient funds fees. I'm talking hundreds of dollars a day on food. And then eventually it built up and my rent check would always clear. I would like, wait. And I'd be like, yes, it cleared, even though I was in the negative. Well, sure enough, one month it didn't clear. And so, um, 
you know, thankfully my parents bailed me out, even though frankly, they didn't even have the money to bail me out, you know? So I'm like, I mean, I'm like gutter level, like heroin addict type of food addict here. Like that is me. Like that is my story. That's who I am. Um, okay. So then let's go back to XBI. So we're talking about, um, we're talking about, um, Bill when he's in Akron and it says that he was greatly in fear that he might start drinking again. And so what did he do? Five minutes left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So then what did he do in order to save himself? He must carry his message to another alcoholic. And, you know, that reminds me of another line in the book. Like when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. And that has happened to me over and over and over again, you know, and my, my sponsee calls are in the mornings and that works out really well for me because some days like this week I have woken up and I'm just kind of like, Oh no, another day crap. You know, this is not feel good. And then like, you know, like I get on the phone with someone who like, who like, I'm just like helping and they're helping me. And it's like this beautiful way of life. And it just works. Like I just show up and I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel, right? I'm just a guide. But like when all other measures fail, like, like that's it to save myself, I must carry the message. And, um, and then, uh, it says at the very bottom of XVI, in case anyone's following along, this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no non-alcoholic could. It indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. Okay. So there are a lot of like really strong words in that lane and in that paragraph, um, it's like strenuous work. It's not like, yeah, 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 sure. You know, I'll give you a little bit of time here and there when I'm free, you know, I'm not going to be tired, anything like that. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's strenuous. And that's a really important part of my treatment plan. Like it is vital to my permanent recovery. And by the way, this tells me that I can actually have permanent recovery, which is really cool. Another thing that I want to say is like, you know, when it says like, strenuous work, one alcoholic with another. And like a big part of my relapse. And I said, this was like the pride and the dishonesty and the like thinking that I had to like appear a certain way and like, you know, all of that. And it's like, no, this isn't about like standing on big stages and like, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Here's my beautiful recovery. It's like literally picking up the phone to one other compulsive overeater who's suffering and working with that person, right? Like it is not like it is, it is about, um, it's about like humbling myself, being right-sized and just like doing the next right thing and helping somebody. It's not about getting accolades or attention or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> okay. Then, um, X I X. So, um, like one of my favorite lines in the book is, um, but out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. And, um, I mean, I gotta say like, you know, one minute I hang one minute. Okay. Well, this is a great place to end because the reality is like, I hang with you all. You know, like, like you all know what's going on with me. 
you all know that, you know, I um, had like a breakup with a guy and it's like, it's been really hard. And you all know that today I went to um, a fertility clinic. You know, I'm a 40 year old woman. I went to a fertility doctor. I was the only patient in there that did not have a male partner or a baby with her. And, you know, I went in and I'm just in this like deep surrender of God, what do you have for me here? But I wasn't alone. I was texting a fellow who's gone through the same thing while I was sitting in the waiting room. You know, I texted a a group after and told everybody like how it was. I texted my sponsor, like people know I'm not alone. I don't go through life by myself. And, um, So like we hang together and like, I see the faces of some of my best friends right now. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. I couldn't get through this without you. And I think this is my time. And, uh, so we only got through a little bit of the four to the second edition, but this is good stuff. Thank you so much, um, for inviting me. Thank you so much, Lindsay. That was beautiful. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and or step being studied. Um, We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, so Victoria will still do three minutes. Excellent. Uh, for each um, share or question that gets asked of, of Lindsay. And, and that's it. And we will turn off the recording about 8.47. Okay, so Meredith, go ahead. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. Wow. Um, I know we say miracle all the time, but I don't know. Is there a better word than that? Jeez. Um, I'm in step seven now, so it is all about humility and it feels so beautiful. Like it's such a relief to me to put down my gloves and just, um, depend on you all, which I do. I need your help. Um, and the, the more I ask for it, the more I realize I need it. It's, it's just vital. I heard somebody, um, this morning on vision and this may seem random, but it just struck me. She said, um, you know, like so many of us, she had been in OA for years. And then, um, she said, I never tapped into the lifeblood of OA one compulsive overeater leading another to a spiritual awakening. And that is, that's it. It's amazing. Um, thank you for your amazing share. It's, um, so hopeful and you're showing me like this is life. Oh, that was the other thing I heard this morning. When life gets lifey, that's what program is for. Um, thanks for letting me share. Great to see you all. Thank you, Meredith. And I hope I'm saying this right. Amalia, is that right? Yes. 
Um, hi, um, Amalia, compulsive overeater. Um, wow, Lindsay, thank you so, so much for your service and for your share. Um, this was like such incredible share. And I'm just so glad that I was at this meeting and, you know, made the choice to actually come because I often just think that I, you know, can make excuses, but this is definitely where I need to be. So um, I really love that you shared pictures. I think that pictures are like so important to share. And I'm just, it's amazing. And I'm so like, I don't, I've never met you before to my knowledge. And it's just like, I feel so proud for you. And I think the fact that you can feel that about someone who you literally don't know is such like only people in this program would understand that. And I guess to all of us, that probably makes so much sense, but it also is just kind of a crazy thing. Like you're a complete stranger. Um, but also like, I think it's really connects to what you were saying about how, because of this program, like we're not alone anymore and we have people to connect to and talk to. Um, and people like know what's going on in our lives and also that we don't have to like hide or pretend that we're doing one thing when really our motives are elsewhere. Um, because we have people that we're checking in with and that are checking in with us. And then also we have this, you know, higher power. Um, so yeah, I really liked that. And also one thing I wrote down and I never like to write things down because it feels somehow too hard. I guess I'm in self, whatever, but I wrote this down because it really, I don't know why it just sounded really profound when you said it. Um, but now I'm reading it back and I'm like, maybe this is just a normal thing people have for themselves. But you said you ask for God to increase your compassion for yourself and others. And I don't know why that just really spoke to me and resonated with me. Um, well, I do know why, because I'm constantly, you know, resentment is the biggest issue we have. That's what the big book says, I guess, and fear. Um, but I really like that idea and I'm really grateful to have heard it and to have written it down and, um, that I'm going to hopefully be able to pray for that tonight and in the coming days, because I think that will be really, really helpful for me. Um, so yeah, thank you so much again. And yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amalia and Susan. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Susan Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Miss Linz. I did miss a couple of minutes because I didn't have service in the lift coming from upstairs. Um, I love these chapters. If anybody here has ever worked with me, this is where we start. This, this is it. This is how it started. And I think it's great to know where you've come from and also to see that you don't need social media to get somewhere. Far from it, in fact. What you need is modem to modem, starting out the day, however it is, basically one drunk talking to another. And, you know, where it talks about at the end of the preface that they hope that we'll read one of the 42 personal stories. And so important because here I get to hear, yes, that's happened to me. So I get to hear about my behaviors on the outside. Yes, I felt like that. I might... I hear you, I felt like that on the inside, but I was too ashamed to ever tell anybody else what was going on. And most importantly, here's the process of identification and hope. Yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And, you know, everybody here tonight doesn't come from the numbers that Lindsay or myself come from. You may have your head in the toilet, you may be at a normal body weight, you may have starved yourself. 
And even when I came out for all of those years, you would hope that Lindsay showing her photos would have been enough authentication for me, but clearly not. Um, but I love how you show them. I mean, not being able to fit into a seat and then getting into one and being at my first baseball game ever with you while you could sit in the seat was quite fabulous too. And how that we, you know, we go from me to we, as soon as we open this book, we are included in. And, you know, our way of living has its advantages for all, practicing the principles in all our affairs, all around us, everybody in the rooms and outside really, really helps. Um, and then it goes on, um, at XXI at the end of the forward to the second edition, it says, it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on a high road to a new freedom. And that freedom never ends. You know, it started out for me just being thin and that pink cloud and it was amazing. But the shorter freedom isn't this big and it grows and it grows and it grows. And I know that my time will nearly be up, but I also like the way in the second edition, you didn't have time to get to it, how it talks about how we come from everywhere and that we are not a religious organization. And that reminder that alcohol is no respecter of persons. Doesn't care how much money you got in the bank account, what your teeth are like, how pretty you are, whether you're the, you know, this, this, and this in school, the MVP of whatever. Um, so I really like that. I like the way that it says at the end of the forward to the third edition, in spite of the great increase in the size and the span of this fellowship, which interestingly enough, they then capitalize the F, at its core, it remains simple and personal. And as I just said, you know, it starts out with one drunk talking to another. And then at the end, you know, reminding me, who knew modem to modem, even though we don't use that, that's how I know half of you now, face to face. It reminds me how important it is to speak the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity. So I love the way that we've never changed these first 164 pages and as you know, many of us say, who knew that 164 pages could change my life each and every day? So anyway, I'm very grateful to be here tonight. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Amy, Victoria, both? I don't know. Okay. I'm going first, at least. We'll see. No, I'm just using. Hi, I'm Victoria, everybody. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So happy to be here um, with a different Zoom background uh, for once. Um, I just, and I don't want to offend Susan with this comment, but I never understood why people read these at first. I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's not even the real book. Like, let's just get to it. Like, that's how I live life. I'm like, let's get to this already, you know? And I want to thank Lindsay and the other people this week for going through what really summarizes why this text is so miraculous. Um, and also the transparency, right? Like who thought a group of addicts would ever be like, hey, from the first edition to the second edition, we took out one story and we added three, you know, or what, and I know that's not exactly what happened, but like that transparency in contrast to the life of dishonesty that we know is, is so rife within the disease of addiction. Um, it's a really cool thing to see. Um, and Lindsay, I just want to thank you, you know, for everything that you shared, but also talking about the hopeless state of mind and body, you know, 
the last time I saw you in person was almost a year ago. And I can tell that, you know, not only your, your transformation of the body, but also the mind and the spiritual experience have just continued to blossom. And that is so beautiful. Like, and, and it's also beautiful because I believe that that happens to each and every one of us on this path where, you know, no matter what our weight is or what our blood sugar is or what other symptoms we have, right. It's like, this is a permanent journey that we're on where there's continued spiritual progress. If we're willing to make that effort, um, which is just so, so cool. Um, and then last, I wanted, I wanted to touch on this, this idea of, you know, hanging out with one another and that this, there's something so impactful of the message of depth and weight that comes from one person who has the experience of this disease working with another, you know, I, I go to the doctor for my diabetes treatment and I have doctors that don't have diabetes. I listen to what they say because I trust them. But if they said, Victoria, I also have diabetes and I know that this is what's going to make you better. I can't tell you how impactful that is to have somebody who's been in that position to really know where you've been and to say, and I've recovered from this hopeless state. Like it's so powerful. Um, And it's not just powerful for the person who's currently suffering. It's powerful for the person in the recovered state as well. It, it helps keep me there. Um, and I love what you said about working with one another. It's not about speaking to an audience of 300 people, right? It's about working hand in hand or book with book. And um, I'm going to run out of time now. So I'll, run out, I'll wrap up with this. But for me, um, I kept getting, you know, I was working with sponsees who'd say, yeah, I'm interested. And then we never really, nothing really ever happened. And then before I knew it, it had been like three months before I'd taken anybody past first step. And I thought, well, that's what God wants. That's what, you know, God's not putting anybody in my path. And then I realized, well, like my mind is getting itchy and I am getting bitchy. I was, that's what I told people. I was like, I'm getting itchy and bitchy and I need to work with somebody today. And then that weekend I spoke at a meeting. I had three sponsees the next day and yeah, I'm really busy. It's not super convenient. I am in a new state of serenity that I haven't ever felt before in my recovery. So, um, I just wanted to thank you for speaking to that and I will pass. Thank you, Amy. Or me, Victoria. Amy? No? Okay. Uh, Joyce or Lily. Sorry, y'all. Lily, share with us. Uh, You're muted. Okay, sorry about that. Um, This is my first time on this meeting and I'm really blessed that I heard you speak, Lindsay, because I found it to be so profound and so awesome. Uh, To see your before and after pictures, uh, it, it really blew me away. What an incredible difference. But what blew me away even more was the fact that it's not so much an outside change but there's an inside change. And when I came to this program in the 1980s, I came to lose weight. I was desperate to lose 40 pounds, which I did, but the inside didn't change. And so I kept relapsing. And you're an example of, yeah, well, I was very, very heavy at one point and look at me now, but I've made an incredible change. And what I wanted to address here on page XVI was that um, 
He was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. And I read that every night before I go to bed. And what else I read is on page 14, this is simple but not easy. A price has to be paid. It means destruction of self-centeredness. And so that's what I get from this program. Daily, I have the opportunity to, dis to destroy my ego because in my ego is where fear lives, jealousy lives, dishonesty lives, um, all those things that make me want to eat, uh, to use food for a solution, to ease those feelings. And your, your talk was so exceptional um, because usually I'm just stuck on the weight loss thing. When I see somebody that was as heavy as you were and now have slimmed down to what looks like a normal weight, I usually focus on that. But today I focused on the fact that you are really working this program and that's what this is about. It's changing from the inside out. So thank you so much for sharing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lily. And Kira, can we stop the recording, please?